Blog Talk Radio. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Oh, I almost forgot to unmute us. Well, that would have been rather profound. There would be this, you know, a silence. We would be communing for however long. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. So it's um, it's our Ask a Witch segment, obviously, but our check-in, Yay. which I find, you know, between Ask a Witch and a check-in, I think this is one of those where we're going to be, like, rolling around with a lot of, of stuff talk about without even thinking about it so um you please go ahead and tell me how your week has been mm-hmm. yet again another law another shelter in place week. yeah <laughs> um well i mean it's kind of the same <laughs> <laughs> same but a little uh, different right yeah, I, today is officially May. It's a, it's Beltane, uh, and it's interesting. It's like it, the weather is so beautiful here mm-hmm. in Northern California. Like I've noticed, so now that I'm home every day, and not you know, I work from home many days of the week, uh, but being home every day, it, I've been connecting to the land a little bit more differently than I had before, and I've noticed every day, right about noon. Until two, three, sometimes even later, the wind picks up in my backyard every day. So I usually go out into the backyard early in the morning. Well, not early for me is like 10 a.m. I want to just be totally transparent about that. That is early for me. So I go out early and I sit and I often drink tea and I do a meditation and I connect in with the spirits of the land and sort of open up to what I need to I'm trying, I'm working with my spiritual land really intensely right now. And then by about one o'clock, it gets windy to the point where it's kind of uncomfortable to be outside. It's either, you know, too windy or cold or whatever. And so I come in and 
um, do computer work or other things that I can't do outside. Uh, so that's been interesting, tuning into the rhythms of my mm-hmm. of where I live uh, mm-hmm. even more intensely than I already had. Like I thought I'd had it down pretty good because I do pay attention, but it's um, I'm noticing things even more than I had before. So that's been kind of cool. Um, and we've been doing a lot of gardening. We bought some um, beds, some um, little garden beds. So we have, mm-hmm. we already have, we, our backyard has a huge freaking tree. So you, we can't do a lot in the backyard because of the amount of shade that this tree provides. So mm-hmm. uh, we already had three beds in like the sunniest area and they're all spoken for with things growing. So we, we got some more and we actually put our starting to transfer our front yard from dead lawn because we don't water grass. It's a waste of water and it's stupid and I hate grass. Uh, and I've wanted to not have grass. We don't own our house. I should also, <laughs> I should also comment <laughs> on that. We don't own our house. So, uh, you know, like doing all, spending all this money to landscape and change it is not something I'm going to do. I take very good care of the house and the yard but I'm not going to invest thousands of dollars on a yard that's not my yard, right? But we put right. some boxes in the front to start growing food. So we've got tomatoes and potatoes and uh, hot peppers. And I, I put in some corn. It hasn't sprouted yet, but I'm excited about that. And some squash and some pumpkin and broccoli. Uh, we've got a huge patch of arugula. And I've got some mugwort and chives and basil. We just got a ton going on. And I'm waiting for the seed delivery. I ordered seeds like two months ago and they still haven't come yet. So I actually don't have any more room to plant stuff. So now we're talking about how we might do more to the front yard because we still have all this space in the front yard to to do stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, it's been kind of fun to sink into the land a little bit. Um, You know, I've always wanted to I just haven't made the space for it or made the time for it and uh, and last night we put out some offerings for the fae for you know Walperschnatt and Beltane and uh, all that fun stuff so you know I feel like emotionally I've been pretty good this last week spiritually I'm feeling a little bit more sunken in in a good way Um, Mm -hmm. oh and Milk and Honey got our emergent the EIDL the emergency disaster Excellent. relief money so Excellent. that gives me a couple of months of rent that I don't have to stress about so you know I'm uh, I'm feeling optimistic right now mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. how how's Good. your week been well it's been interesting um, I probably do you know my shelter in place is sheltering in place. Um, I still am lucky enough to be able to go to a location for three days. So, but it's you know it's usually there back there back, um, and I've noticed it's interesting. There's more cars on the road. I mean, it's it's yeah. There's like suddenly it's not as bad as it was when we obviously were in full bore, but you can tell the the way people are trying to handle things. They're going for rides. Some of the, you know, locations may have opened up like food places, so people are going to and from a little bit here and there. Um, as far as, you know, uh, necessities, necessities, 
Um, <laughs> you know, I make it to locations I suit up. I feel like I'm doing the ha- – without being hazmat, literally, I feel it, though, you know, with uh-huh. all the things you need to do. And be prepared. I always have because I use um, – you know, I tend to write checks for what I'm doing to stay off of my credit cards. Um, yeah. And, you know, that keeps me on a budget without really my having to think about it because there's only so much money. And um, I have that all written out and I walk in, you know, and it's like this this, this process. Um, and watching some of the people still being as freaking clueless as possible and some of them not being really conscientious yeah. and, and things like that. So, um, you know, that's my day-to-day. But I had something happen within the last 36 hours that was, so profound. When my husband passed away over 13 years ago, it affected obviously myself and his uh, children and my daughter and many, many people. Um, and we all had to deal with mourning in, our, in the way that, you know, and grieving. And grieving is a process that doesn't just happen at a certain amount of time and then goes away. It shifts. Um, yeah. So my stepdaughter, his stepdaughter, um, uh, basically stopped talking to me for six months because she, uh, and then after six months she came back around and she says, I couldn't, it was too painful. You were, a, you know, a representation, a reminder of the joy and the happiness that we lost. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, was hard-pressed to, you know, <laughs> try to be the bigger person, the older adult is. Yeah, I understand. Of course, I was, you know, my my own grieving process was going on. <clears throat> His son um, shut it down, you know, just shut down all the process. And um, there was this, this distance that he kept kind of making more and more. And in the process, he did a lot of very good things. He, he got some incredible jobs that he he's a computer whiz and, and really into the IT and a bunch of stuff, salesperson and all. And he took his family because at that time he had just, and that was the other part, he had just married and within the year they were expecting their first child. So his father never saw his granddaughter in real life. Mm. And so he took off and went up to Canada and Arizona and then came back here because his wife father was very ill and then eventually things kind of split and then he took off running around the world doing different companies and working for drones and again was close to my daughter and proceeded to be the reverend to marry he and uh, my daughter and her husband and we were you know that thing but he still was very angry it was like there was a he was he became an atheist he wasn't one before and was out there he became one full bore and posted on Facebook all over about it. Recently, within, you know, shelter in place, because he's got some immune things going on, so he can't do the kind of traveling and gallivanting. And there's been some really interesting changes, and this one happened. Um, He posted a video, and the video was something he said he had started shortly after his father died and then never finished it, and he finished it. And the shortened version is my husband came from Philadelphia uh, and he was Philly born. And so he had his son at 12 who'd never been to Philly. He went back to visit my husband's family and he took him to a hoagie place. Well, this hoagie place is famous for the, the, those things. And he had a hoagie. And so at some point, 
after, you know, this whole thing, obviously, then life happens for him. So the video starts with this memory of his going back into um, into Philly, which he did 10 years after his father died, and um, 10 years after this happened, right after his father died, because he's, they're Jewish and there was a certain ceremony that needed to take place, et cetera, for him. Anyway. He did this whole video, and it was stock footage. It wasn't his dad. He, I don't know who did the, the actual voice, but I was in tears mm. because in this process, he finished his grieving. He finished his grieving, and he came, and, I, and he started with a metaphysical principle of at this moment, at some moment when you're there, you, you suddenly experience this, this incredible, uh, and he didn't use the word spiritual, but this incredible process happens where you go back into time and you are there. You are there yeah. with whatever it is. And that's what he was writing and he finished it and I was I was just stunned. So um, interesting is that I had been asking Matt for uh, some signs for me for some stuff and I think this is part of it. But that's what I wanted to share that this person, my stepson, and, I, and again, he's not just my stepson. He's as much my son as my daughter is. But mm-hmm. the creation of at least knowing this was not of my body and he came as a teenager to my life um, grew and finally finally went through that, that process of uh, release and grief. And out of that, I don't know if he's a non-atheist now or not, but at least acknowledging there is something beyond. Yeah. It wow. was for me very heartfelt. And of course, being so sweet to have had that the day of get this, the day of your class, the segment class. Um yeah. really kind of took me by uh surprise too because she is a patron goddess of mine. So I was like, Oh my God, oh my God, whoa. Nice. Yeah. So that was my week. It happened normal, normal as what we have in this particular time frame, and then this happened um, completely from a different uh, a different realm, so to speak. Yeah. But nice. that's it. The rest of it is, you know, gee gosh golly, it is beautiful and happy Beltane to everyone out there, and yeah. you know, kind of seeing the world in its really coming to life, really coming to mm-hmm. life without humans. Interfering. <laughs> yeah, they can't. Kind of interesting. Kind of, yeah, I found that really interesting. Somebody was saying, we. oh, by the way, we did have a, um, we had a mountain lion, another one. This one at least didn't go to Macy's, thank goodness. Decided <laughs> not to become, you know, a, a mall person. Um, right. In our area, we did have one come up. Um, and the, so, you know, I mean, nature is... Um, I don't want to say taking over, maybe just coming back and reminding all of us how much we've uh, disturbed the balance. Yeah. But anyway, onward and upward. Do you have anything you want to throw in at this point other than no. getting started with our questions? No, I mean, I think that that you're, you're that's good. You know, it's our it's our ask a witch segment where we uh, answer your questions. So, uh, again, we don't always get to all the questions sent in. If you send us something ridiculous like "How do I become a vampire?" 
as much as I might want to be able to do that myself, we're not going to answer that question. Uh, so don't be offended. <laughs> we're just not going to. <laughs> uh, but if you do have a question or a curiosity or potentially even a reading, that doesn't always happen, but sometimes it does, you can go to our website, which is witchpriestesscauldron.com. And there is a place where you can put in your questions. And we do these, um, the Ask the Witch segment, you know, every other month or so. So write us a question. Yes, and we certainly will give full full um, attention to it when it when we do start these because there, there are a lot of them that are really thoughtful and some of them are, you know, wacky, but. You know, I don't yeah. expect that when I say wacky, they're like, you know, how do I become a vampire? And, you know, logistically, I could actually answer that, but not in the way they're looking to have it answered. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that one day. So um, <laughs> there's always these things. I'm going to let you start with the first question. Okay. So I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I apologize. Uh, Cecia, perhaps? Um, the question is, I've always been curious as to how spells work. Currently, I've been thinking about performing a love spell. I'm not sure if there is a spell out there to help me find someone that you don't that doesn't know you and what you need to perform it. Um, do you want me to dive in and start? Sure, go for it. Okay, okay. <laughs> So uh, we don't know how spells work. <laughs> uh, that's part of the magic of it, right? It's in the, 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 the concept is you have a desire. You want to attract something or repel something. Everything, everything on the planet has an energetic vibration. So when you do spell work, you're aligning yourself with that energetic vibration to either call it in or send it away. And in your spell work, you're using items and objects and herbs and plants and stones and candles and colors and days of the week and moon phases and blah, 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 the list goes on, that are also in alignment with that goal. They vibrate in a similar vibrate to that goal. And that helps the thing come to you more swiftly, more easily. Um, There's also a little bit of a law of attraction concept here. I'm not a big law of attraction person. Um, but you know what you, you we have a lot more power than we realize, and if you want to manifest something, then you start paying attention to the thing you want to manifest and you'll you 'll manifest it, which means if you want if you keep focusing on something negative, if you can 't stop thinking negatively you 're likely to manifest a lot more negative things it doesn 't mean you 're bad it doesn 't mean you 're doing something wrong. it just means that your life has programmed you to focus on negative things so it requires a change of focus Uh, it requires a change of your mental capacity and that's not easy that takes time and practice which is why for many new folks spells are really difficult to um, to see manifest and that's not always true but it can be true if you're struggling you have to look at your your mental focus and how you talk to yourself Um, when you want to do a love spell to find someone that's the perfect love spell it's best if you don't have a specific in person a specific person in mind but you want to call in the right person so my recommendation start thinking about who your perfect love match would be 
what do they look like generally? Don't be so specific that you cut out mystery. Leave a little bit of wiggle room in there. But how, what's their age range? What's their their um, religious range? What's their race range? What's their job range? Have they been married before? Do they have children? Do they want children? Uh, start really thinking about who your ideal partner would be and write that down. Then you can use that list in specific spell workings. And there are hundreds of love spells. And, you know, I don't know, Elvira, maybe you want to give a more specific love spell working. Uh, we could absolutely do that. But first you need to be really clear about what you want. Um, that's where I would start. What do you, what do you think? Well, I mean, you got the, the, the background of, of, you know, spell consciousness. Uh, it is energy. So, you know, the old saying is where you focus your energy is, you know, where things go. Um, if you do it haphazardly, it will, you know, be uh, hit and miss. Uh, that's why your suggestion of, you know, writing it down. I always tell people, mm-hmm. I talk about it like make a grocery list. And then at the end of that grocery list, then you can say this or something better. And that brings the air of, you know, for being practical in when you're writing what we call petitions or, or you know, the directives. Um, it gives that ability to have the mystery, to have something that is beyond what you've asked as well as what you've asked and whatever else. Um, and it makes it a little, you know, kind of like practical for somebody to go, oh, well, you know, I, you know, I kind of make it sound like, well, if, it's out there in whatever form you're asking, a deity or, or, you know, angelic or whatever, and they see exactly what you asked for, but then they see something else that's, you know, got all this, but it's got this other thing that you, they, they just know, they can see, you know, their, their spirit, they know that would be better, but they could only get you what you asked for. Right. Then you, that's why the earth, and that's why when you talk about mystery, that's the point is that. So the actual love spells, as you said, tons and tons and tons and tons of them. Um, I like to say magic is desire made real. Again, go back to what you were saying, desired. You know, if you desire, if you've got a lot of anger <laughs> and you desire certain things, uh, it's real. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make it happen for the person in a situation, but it will with you because it starts with you. So, you know, that energy process of, you'll saying be careful what you wish for for when you get it you won't really want it mm-hmm. um, that is more times not not necessarily not true but or true um i'm a you know i tend to use candles i like to use candles mostly because for me it's a way to uh look at something that the flame the magic of that flame the, the fact that it burns and it becomes a liquid and it becomes you know a vapor and then it Appears so it, it's got its own magic, um, and I usually tell people, you know, pink, red is, you know, red is good for action and candle and sex, you know, the sex stuff. But you want love, that's, you know, tends to be a, a lighter color, and um, there's a ton of different herbs out there that you can utilize to, and I would ring it with maybe rose petals and, and you know, meaning, and uh, and some kind of magnetic. Uh, stone or uh, magnetic sand or even just a regular like go to the craft store and get a magnet to to draw it to you. Something as simple as that 
bringing in those processes with your requests written down, I feel starts the process. You want to go anything further? Because I know you've got tons of ideas that you know we work with. <laughs> Well, you know, I think um, I think that's a good start, like what you said. And there's also a little bit of one of the things that often comes up around love spell work is people want it now. Um, and you, uh, if you do a spell and it doesn't manifest now, you have to look at some of your baggage. So I often recommend looking at your baggage first. Uh, where do you maybe, ha- and you might want to get a reading on this situation to see maybe you already have a relationship right there in the wings and, and there's just something in the way, uh, which I find happens a lot, uh, but do a little self love work too, while you're doing, while you're calling in this partner and, and doing candles or, or what have you do, do some baths for self love, uh, wear some rose quartz right at your heart chakra for heart healing. Start looking at your past, mistakes and your past hurts and see where you can maybe release some of that let it go um, to make room because often people who are wanting so desperately for a new love relationship can't find one because they are blocking it they unconsciously blocking it so really make sure you're looking at your stuff too and where you might need to make some adjustments or changes to your um to your health, your love health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I think that, that kind of gives a good base for um, this person to be able to start. I know that, as we've said, both of us, there's a lot of spells out there. I would, you know, do exactly the base work of what we're asking because foundations are what you start with. Then you can start getting, you know, the the two by fours and the and the structure of the house, which is your your actual the the spell and and honing it and and doing that. But um, always look at the foundational work first. That's really important. And um, I also say that spirit doesn't have time. You know, it's not linear. Yeah. And uh, that's real hard for us to accept because, you know, as you say, they want people, things want it now. Um, And we just have to be able to realize that we put this out and you you release it and thus it can do its work, but it won't be coming back in two days. It could, but, you know, there's a lot of other things that go into place. So I think that kind of, we can kind of, Leave it at that, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I think that was a lot. We gave you a lot, so good luck. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. So, we have another one, and I will probably read this one. It's interesting. I, she's yeah. very profoundly strong. Her name is Candy, and it says, "Hello. I was wondering when you knew you were a witch. I felt different my whole life. I've always felt things deeply and can read some people like a book." I have always had a fascination with cats. My grandmother that raised me said I used to talk to cats when I was a baby, and she swore we could understand each other. I've always felt some kind of connection with the moon, and I hate to see the sun coming up some mornings. Things just There's just so many things that I feel are strange about me, but I love who I am. 
I want to be 100% sure about this because I have so many friends on social media doing tarot readings, and I'm sure that they have no idea what they're doing and embarrasses me for them. I'm just looking for any tips or information that anyone may have. Thank you. I love okay. this question so much. I know. I know. I know. Um well, let's see. Uh, if I were to say when I thought I was a witch, probably way back in high school or before then when I realized that I I was, you know, I wouldn't have named it as a witch. I just was different. And mm-hmm. um, when I actually started really doing it, of course, um, I was a little older. I used to be involved with all the the uh, the trappings. I loved it. Of course, you know, you go to Ren Fairs, you know, I always dressed up as, you know, really the witchy person and, and things like that. So the drama in it was always there, but underneath it, there was always a knowingness, and I was going to be as flamboyant as possible within the time that I was growing up. Um, and yes, I probably would say officially taking the mantle on was after my divorce of my first husband and I. Uh, before then, I just I I think I just lived it. I didn't think yeah. about doing things. So um, that would be my answer to that. And for me, um, go for it. I'll hand it over to you for a few minutes here. Yeah, I think so. Um, pretty similar. I I always felt different too, even when I was really little. Um, and, you know, around the age of 15, I found a book about witchcraft. And this was in the mid-90s where it was kind of, you know, the interest was growing. So it was easy to find things like that. And I read this book and it talked about a goddess and connection to nature. And, um, you know, the only places I had read things like that before were about indigenous communities, which I am not a part of. And I thought, oh, this is. This and, and, you know, to be totally transparent, this is also in a specific wave of feminism where it was like, oh, this is women's indigenous culture. Being a witch is, is how, because I'm a woman, I have a, a, an indigenous culture that I can connect to. And I don't think of it in those terms anymore. But when I was 15, it, I felt like I'd finally found answers and um, all the things that I knew within me someone had written in a book so it was that you know that's when the turning point was for me but you know everything that you've written here candy it sounds like you're a witch to me and what i'll say is right now especially because of social media there is this thing that i often call hashtag witchcraft or hashtag witch aesthetic um just to be snarky because that's my personality but yeah there are a lot of fucking posers online there are a lot of people who um, are have the right look and have the right aesthetic and have the right altar set up and are um, you know know all the buzzwords and know the right hashtags to use and have a big following and yeah some of those people are utter crap and they don't they're they're it's not who they are it's not in their core it's not their practice it's just something that they put on as as an aesthetic and that's okay I don't want to sound totally judgmental here that's totally okay but for some of us this is our religion this is our way of life this is who we are at our core so you know if you feel that this is who you are then this is who you are you don't have to know any right word or any right phrase or any special handshake to get into the club if you feel this in your heart then this is then you're a witch 
congratulations, you know. Um, I think it's important that you connect with with people that are also doing things so you can get guidance and um, training and help along the way. But even that, like there's so many, I spent many years just reading books and practicing with friends that I could rope into things. Um, it was probably a decade before I met someone with more experience than I had that was willing to help me. It took a long time. So, uh, and that's the one good thing I would say about social media and the internet is, yeah, there's a lot of shenanigans and bullshit, but there's a lot of good stuff too. So just take things with a grain of salt and, and know that, you know, if you see something repeated a half a dozen times, then it's probably a little bit more legitimate. Um, you know, but but find those those authors that are teaching classes online, or find books that are um, highly rated. And and, he, and even when I'm saying that, I'm starting. I notice myself cringing because there are some things out there, even that are popular, that aren't quote unquote real. So it is tricky. It is tricky. But ultimately, if this is what your heart says and this is what you feel, then that's what you are. You don't have to justify it to anyone. Yeah. And it's interesting when you, you talk about your the cats. Um, <clears throat> obviously, cats are a very symbolic familiar for witches, but there are many animals that uh, come to uh, a witch or are part of uh, the repertoire of familiars. But um, the sensitivity that you have was exhibited early and mm-hmm. your ability to translate it and to utilize it is what probably has kept you um, aware of things. You might not, you know, like human, we are human, we will be aware of something and we'll just sort of blunder right through the thing and do something totally wrong. Um, but then that's because we are in a body experiencing things, and so maybe we, we, we override the, uh, the circumstance. Um, I have been watching my granddaughter's uh, come forward with their own abilities uh, and mm-hmm. see them. And it's it's beautiful when you have families that nurture that. They don't necessarily say you are a, but they, they nurture the ability to do that. And it sounds like your grandmother, if nothing else, provided you with an environment that allowed you to continue to keep that open. But then, you know, by the time we get into our teens, there's a lot of different things that come up for us. Some of us, like Phoenix, the area that was um, talking to her. Others um, explore other things that talk to them, and it doesn't make it any different. We come at different times into actually working with it, actually experiencing it and doing it. A lot of it is, you know, a just trial and error. I mean, we've all gone into classes. We've all gone into um books and things and read and then, you know, kind of looked at it and went, that makes no sense and I don't see the reason to do that. But um, witchcraft is a, it's a craft. You keep working at it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and perfecting it for yourself, for your, that's the thing I think is, I, I love the traditions, but then I was never raised in any particular tradition and so I'm not a rebellious person against tradition. I just look at it going, these are my things, What this is me, I am unique, and thus I will find that which is unique to, to work with. And it may be following a particular tradition um, 
for a period of time to get a grounding, to get a foundation, and then saying, okay, I mean, we go to school, we like certain classes, then we suddenly turn around and instead of, you know, history, we like science, you know, kind of thing. So, yep. Just keep on your, keep following your path. You are doing the things that most of us did when we started out. And, yeah. um, Phoenix said, the discernment is important. So that, especially now, with the way the internet and, and and then again we will also say especially now with the way we are all experiencing a more closed environment because of the particular health situation that has affected the world um, it does mean be aware of what's online and, and really use discernment with it right yeah exactly so yeah. we have one more question, and then I think maybe we should go ahead. It's pretty quick. Um, yeah. Okay. And then do our, our little commercial. Take our break. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'll, uh, let's see. Deborati, I want my boyfriend back in my life. Can you please help me? I would say the thing we said about question one, uh, about how to do a love spell, that's um, that we've kind of already answered this question. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of a different focus because you're focusing on reconciliation work, but, um, you know, and, and you're focusing on a specific person. So that's a little bit different, but you need to look, I'm just going to, I'm feeling very um, psychological today. So we just have to deal with it, <laughs> but we have to look at why this relationship didn't work. Why, why did you break up? Where are uh, what is your level of responsibility in that? And where were your needs not being met? And you need to be real with yourself for a minute. Is this really a relationship you want back? Can repair happen? And look at your own baggage and look at your boyfriend's baggage. If it's worth working on, if it's worth moving forward, then do some of the love spells that we talked about, some of the love workings that we talked about um, in response to the first call. You would just use him as a focus rather than the ideal partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very succinct. Thank you. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't meant to be less. It isn't meant to be less um, intense with this question, uh, mostly because we did have one that had a lot that was in it that we can utilize um, in terms of that and doing a particular, you know, talking about a particular spell. Again, that's. Uh, where a reading would be very beneficial uh, with a reputable uh, reader because then you would get an idea, a better idea of how to focus yeah. it um, in terms of that. Right. Okay. I think we can go to our, our commercial. Yeah, all right. We'll be back in a minute. Okay. Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 
The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Here we are. Yep. <laughs> back in. We're back. Uh, we're back. We're back. Sounds like, you know, back to the future, but not really. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, let's just kind of bull our way through here. David. David wants to know. I want to know if there are boundaries to witchcraft. Well, yes, there are boundaries because it's called ethics. <laughs> I think is how I, how I would say it. Um it is not an unlimitless forever, no matter what you do, where you go, and how, how much you get, you will, you know, it's like more, more, more. Um, I guess, in a way, it's why do you want to know? It'd be the yeah. question I would, I would raise. I'd raise. Um, if it's, you know, again, we go back to white and black or, or the coercive versus, you know, um, helpful. Uh, you know, if there is so much out there that you want to be able to try and work on and help people with and do this with a um, a sense of uh, integrity of Mm -hmm. wanting to help people, then it is boundless in that way in the sense that you can continue to use it to help people. But like anything else, helping others means that you need to – Realize that some things that you help people with may be unable to go to, it may only go so far because that person has their limitations. So it's not like yeah. you can give everybody what they want as much as you can get everything you want. So I'm right. going to drop off and let you talk about it because it could get real, we can go a lot of ways with this and I'll see where you're going with it. Yeah, I mean, there are. There are and there aren't. Um, there are, we are all held by certain laws of nature. Um, and it is highly unlikely that uh, one human can completely mess with the laws of nature. I've yet to see someone manifest that much power. I don't know if I believe that that's totally impossible or not. I don't know. I don't know. Some days I'm much more skeptical than others. Um, but I think that we are bound by the laws of nature. So what are the laws of nature? You know, gravity, for example. Gravity is a law of nature. Uh, I think it's unlikely that a human can fly. And I'm talking about you physically, just lifting off of the ground. Um, there's a little part of me that goes, well, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. It depends on the day and how skeptical I'm feeling. Um, so, yeah, we are bound by certain laws. Um, and then there are ethical laws that are individual. So I would say my ethics are going to be different than yours. So it really depends on what you feel, and what is acceptable and what you feel is possible. Um, and try, you know, if you want to try and break the law of gravity, then go for it. Practice, focus, see what happens. Let us know if you succeed. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah. And, there is 
so yes, there are boundaries, and no, there aren't boundaries. So it's it. Right. I think that it's really got a. There's we have codes, rules, laws, um, a structure. If you have no structure, can you create anything? Uh, if you do have structure, can you create things? Yes. Uh, you know, there are the chaos theory. There is all these other things that go into it. Yes. But somewhere along the line, you have to have structure. You, you create structure somewhere to, to further what you want. A spell has structure. Um, the You know, if we thought I want ice cream and then we want a huge gallon of it and then then, you know, a minute later we decide we want, you know, something else. If we created everything we thought of, um, it would be really cluttered just to, you know, be humorous about it. But um, there's structure for reasons and right. it helps to have it. And then you can work, if you know the structure, then you can work within that structure and then you can color outside the lines to a degree. But you have to realize, you know, uh, the cause and effect process. You know, there is that in this world and in spirit. So that's my end. Yeah. So, but anyway, so I think it leads right into the next one, which is really fascinating. Yeah, let's see. Okay, Colette, I want to curse someone. I've known him for almost a year now, and I've always been 100% with him. We've had sex four times but he's always treating me like shit, doesn't talk to me half the time, even when I give him money. I want to put a curse on him. I want him to lose everything, but I want him to still have deep feelings for me and not treat me like shit. So my first reaction is, nope. (laughs) Slow down. Calm the fuck down. You unfortunately connected with someone that isn't good for you, who is probably a terrible human or a loser or a user or whatever. Cut your bait and move the hell on. That's that's my first reaction. First of all, I don't do curses. I I, I don't do curse work. Um, I don't recommend doing curse work because it just gets you into a tangle of shenanigans you know you don't need to be involved in. However, there are moments where I may question cursing. Um, if someone is known to be uh, a rapist or a molester or um, physically violent, I might I might shift my feelings about cursing uh however just because you hooked up with someone that's a pos doesn't mean you should curse them and you don't want to curse someone and make them love you at the same time that's like punching someone in the face and trying to convince them that you you're their partner it doesn't work that way so you need to decide do you hate this person and you want them to suffer or do you care about this person and you want them to be with you those are two different things and they don't work together so pick one that's that's where i would start what do you want to say okay. <laughs> profound um well the fact that i don't do you know coercive curse work uh, kind of follows in with yours process and yes there are areas that come into the gray spot but um number one what you're asking for at the end is exactly how he's treating you so what you want to do is you want to treat him the same way he's treating you and quite frankly um you don't need to curse him (laughs) i mean treat him the same way you're treating he's treating you 
I mean, that would be the equivalent in real world time of doing it, meaning, um, you know, uh, treat him like shit, uh, ask him for money, um, get, you know, do the things. I'm not saying that's valid in, in one way, but you're, if you sit and think about what you've just said, that's how you would be able to be equivalent with him in what you're asking for is that you mm-hmm. want to have him deep feelings for you, but you want him um, to go ahead and lose everything. You, you, you basically right. are saying it. So flip it. And that, you know, is the other side. I don't agree with flipping it. I personally agree with Phoenix. Uh, basically get the heck out of Dodge because whatever this person is, is there to, um, to use you and abuse you in a manner that you need to have more self-worth and more self-love to get out of it. Yeah. And find someone who you you're more is is more worthy of you because this person right. doesn't sound really worthy at all. Yep. Um so you you can tell that we're both very passionate about this kind of process. Uh, <laughs> um but honestly there is there's always a hook. Mm-hmm. We get into relationships and whatever that hook is, we may dislike what they are doing to us. We may be angry at what they're doing, and then we're going to say we love the heck out of them and we want to keep them and have them, but we don't want them to be doing this. And yet there's a hook. You you know, that energy became part of your life, a reason, and it's not necessarily to perpetuate misery. It might be to grow stronger and say, I am a better person, uh, go drop dead. You know, right. I don't need you. You know, there's a, there's a, the, the, the line, and I think I've said this to more than one person, um, even in my readings, is there is a movie called Labyrinth with David Bowie, and mm-hmm. um, it's very well known, and I don't need to go by the story, but the young girl turns to David Bowie at the end, and she says, you have no power over me, mm-hmm. and she meant it from a true purpose. And his whole image and everything shattered and he disappeared. And that truly is the process. We've all been in relationships that were dysfunctional, um, negative. Some of them are, you know, abusive in different ways. We've been abusive in certain ways. The difference becomes is that no longer has power over us. Right. And then you walk. So that's pretty intense activation there. Yep. <laughs> so, oh my. So we've got time enough for our last question, which is actually yeah. an interesting question. I will read it, and I'm going to let you kind of um, start off on it. Um, okay. It's from Faith, which is an interesting name based on um, what the question is. I'm not quite sure if anything can possibly fix the situation, but me and my boyfriend have a three-year age gap, which is a problem in my state. We didn't do anything wrong till we got caught doing stuff together by the authorities. We recently got done with the court, with court, and all is okay, except our families don't like us together and don't like each other, so they ordered a three-year no-contact order. This is tearing up. This is, this is tearing up a part emotionally, and we don't know what to do to get out of the situation. We care so much for each other, but we just want to be a regular high school couple again. 
Is there anything we can do? Yeah, so sad. Okay, so the first thing I want to say is that this is not a question specifically for witchcraft to to answer, right? Uh, And I'm going to give you advice anyway because I just can't help my damn self. Um, Here's what I would say. Um, There are a few ways to approach this. And first of all, you said we didn't do anything wrong, but technically you did because you knew that your families didn't like you being together and you knew that it was going to be, if you got caught, you would be in trouble, right? So technically you did. And I get that when you're young and in love, it's really hard to ignore those feelings for what the rules are. I fully get that. And to be totally transparent, when I was 17, I had a 19-year-old boyfriend, and we got caught naked out in a car and by a cop. Um, and our parents knew that we were dating, and so I didn't have to deal with that part of what you're, you're dealing with. But my, my boyfriend, thankfully, was not arrested. But the cop made it really fucking clear that he could arrest him and that we needed to never do what we were doing again. And that's, you know, that put the fear God in me, so to speak, right? Um, here's, here's your option. You, if you want to invoke magic here, maybe do some peaceful homework um, and look up peaceful home on the Internet. But there are things that you can do to make your living environment a little bit more peaceful so that maybe your parents can hear your feelings. Um, You know, this is going to require you being more grown up than you should have to be. You're going to need to attempt to reason with your families and use logic and calm voices and have, you know, we want to be together. We care about each other and we want to do this with you accepting it and you honoring our feelings. Uh, and, you know, I don't know your family situation, so there, we might be dealing with religious stuff, socioeconomic stuff, race stuff. Like, I don't know why your families don't get along, but there could be a lot of underlying issues here. So you got to know that, too. Um, you know, the, the magic approach here is cooperation, communication, peaceful home. The, the real world steps is communicating and having to be dealing with this like an adult uh, and asking for them to support your, your choice. And they might still say no. So, you know, the, the rebellious part of me is like, so do what you want and know that there's going to be consequences. But the parent, you know, I have a 18 year old, the parent in me is like, don't do that. (laughs) Don't go behind your family's backs because that's going to create more trouble and more drama um, so, you know, it's, I, I feel so much for you. My heart really reaches out to you. And if you have a three year, no contract order, I'm guessing that means that you're 15, uh, and that they're making you wait until you're at, of age to be together. And that's so hard. And I feel, I very much feel for you. Uh, but the way to approach this because authorities have gotten involved and because there is a legal situation here your partner could be facing jail time. They could be registered as a sex offender, which is something that's going to follow them around their entire life if you don't honor what's been put into place. And I know 
based on the question you wrote here, you don't want that. You don't want the person that you care so deeply about to have this label that's them from living in certain places, getting jobs, having healthy relationships, having to register as a sex offender everywhere they move for the rest of their life. You don't want that. So you have to be adult about this. And a worst case scenario, your families never get on board and you can't see each other for three years. You can't communicate for three years. Then in three years, which feels for a 15-year-old, that feels like forever, but trust me, it's not. Three years is not that long. So I don't feel like I have a lot of good, uh, hopeful things to say here. Uh, I have more like real-world shit. you got to deal with this with the real-world consequences. Because this is, for, for him at least, this is a, this, being with you could cause him trouble for the rest of his life if you don't honor what your parents have put into place. That's what I got. I feel like this is a real hard one. Yeah. And I guess I want to say it isn't clear who's older. You could be the older one. Yes, I know. And that I noticed that when I went back to read it, it isn't clear, but it would also mean you, if you were the older one, you would be in, this would be where you would be coming from. And the, the same thing would apply does it make you exempt because you're the female um, with regard to the legal situation? Um, and, you know, gosh, um, my parents had the same issue. They handled it completely differently because they came from a completely different point of reference. Um, when my daughter came of age, there was a little bit of a consternation, but once settled out, I probably I handled it about the same way my family did. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean this is what's happening here. It just means that realistically, that whatever is in your whatever is going on in your state, and sometimes it's a lot younger. They don't necessarily just you know mean they don't just say this is what it is generically right. across the United States. Um, right. So. It's a legal situation. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's all kinds of magic that both Phoenix and I have, uh, are aware of, but this is is one of those things that when you're underage, whoever is underage, whatever your age is that's underage, you really have, um, there's a lot more going on with the courts specifically, and if the parents are involved and they've got their stuff, then, you know, you're battling two fields. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't quite know if you're from the same school or if you're from different schools or what it is. But right. Here is yeah, that, there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah, we can't really give you any kind of real magical answers. And, yes, the only thing I, I agree with with Phoenix is peaceful home. I feel that that would be the most reasonable to try. And, and then for you is, you know, uh, clarity and crucible of courage to go through the process. Because yeah. it, keep yourself clear, keep your the other, the other partner clear, the other person clear, and give courage to it. Then I think you will have strength and be able to navigate it um, but uh, you know it is meaning to grow up you you know sometimes we grow up much faster and it isn't about 
situations, for instance, like somebody loses a parent really early and they have to grow up because of what's going on, this is another kind of growing up fast. But, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that kind of, that's as far as I think both Phoenix and I can really go with this. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard situation, and you got to make smart decisions knowing that this could impact the rest of your life. Magic might not be the solution here, just real, regular world shit. Sorry. And try to be as reasonable (laughs) and mature as possible. I understand. I. (laughs) Both of us have raised teenagers and teenage girls, and... Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have family and friends that have teenagers, and now my daughter has um, a step family that have teenagers in it. So um, there are a lot of pitfalls, in, and mm-hmm. you just have to try to make wiser decisions. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's my heart hard. goes out to you. Yep, definitely. Yeah. definitely. But on that, we have reached our time. My gosh. We That's have- right. That's right. Yeah, I know. But we we will do another Ask a Witch episode. So if you did not hear your question answered or if you have a question that you want to hear answered, remember to go to our website, witcauldron.com, where you can fill out the little questionnaire and get your question asked on the air. Um, It'll probably be, you know, another month or so before we make it to Ask a Witch. But next week, we return to our series on the major arcana of the tarot, exploring the tarot. And we're going to talk about the chariot, which will be super fun. Uh, yeah. So thanks for listening. Yeah. Just yeah, stay healthy and stuff. And please, you know, um, take it easy. And as it says, be safe. And we will see you yep. on the radio next week. That's take right. Care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.